Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let me just say this for the record. Sticking with Jesus mean life everlasting. Without him, we are lost. Yep. So in John chapter 15, This passage begins with a celebrated analogy from the Lord Jesus Christ. The vine and the branches. This also includes the seventh and final I am statement of the gospel of John. Christ Jesus uses this metaphor of the vine and the branches to explain how our spiritual life as born-again believers is drawn from His life, God the Father's intent for our lives is to progress from barrenness to fruitfulness, to spiritual abundance. Christ Jesus also repeats his command for believers to love each other. In this context, he goes so far as to refer to those who follow his teachings as his friends. So, before we read, John chapter 15. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, hallowed be thy holy name. Thank you for such a wonderful day today that we have another opportunity to repent of our sins, to come to Christ Jesus in sincere repentance and sorrow and grief of our sins. 
Show us the way, Father, because only through you can we know the way that is righteous, holy, good, and that will bear much fruit to your glory. Father, as we as we take a look at John 15, Christ paints this wonderful analogy of how he is the vine, you are the vine dresser, and we who follow Christ are his branches. And thus, we take our lead from him. We follow his voice, we obey him, and we adhere to and obey his teachings. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9 shows us that we are not to be carried away by diverse and strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be established and strengthened by grace and not by foods, rules of diet and ritualistic meals which bring no benefit or spiritual growth to those who observe them. So, Father, you are telling us we are not to chase after every wind of doctrine. We are to listen to Christ. He tells us in John 10, 27, that his true sheep knows his voice. We listen to him. We follow and obey. And he knows us. And therefore, no man can pluck us out of his hand because we know our great shepherd. We know what he teaches. We know what he sounds like. So when we hear another gospel, when we hear doctrines created by men who do not serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we run. We don't follow those teachings. That is why it is critical that we remain united with Christ Jesus, continually abiding, remaining, staying put in Christ Jesus. So, Father, I ask you for wisdom today. Thank you for sending Holy Spirit to train us in righteousness, showing us that the way to you, it is straight and it is narrow. We eagerly await for Christ to return so we may have everlasting life and no longer be lost. In the meantime, we can experience 
eternal life. And that is, as Jesus tells us in John 17, eternal life is this, knowing God and knowing him. So Father, as we grow to know you better and better, may we come to sin less and less, conforming to the image of your dear son who willingly laid down his life for us. Christ Jesus, our risen king, is still alive, sitting at your right hand in heaven, awaiting to make his enemies his footstool. Because, Father, we know from 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9, in flaming fire, will will Jesus Christ returns with his angels to take vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. May all men who hear this great gospel comes to repentance. Thank you, Father, for our salvation. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your loving kindness, and patience. Bless you, Father. We give you thanks. We give you honor. And we revere your holy, blessed name. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved, listen, like I was saying, we are going to be taking a look at John chapter 15. As I sip on this hot apple cranberry tea this morning, Mm. beloved, we must understand that no matter what is going on in this world, it is all going according to God's plan. We know the evil that is at work. We know Satan's children in high places are gearing up for their antichrist. There's no need to fear, fret, or become angry. These things must take place in order in order that the timeline that God, our Heavenly Father, has set before the foundation of the world. These things must take place according to His will. So, It may seem like evil has the upper hand, but rest assured, it does not. Again, all all of what we see, all of the demonic activity, all of the homosexual, transgender activity that is going on, all of the killings and the crimes and the murders, and the shootings, all of this, all of this is setting the stage 
for Christ's return. Not to mention God is being patient so that when the last person, whomever that may be, come to Christ and the Father says, close the door to the ark, the party will begin. Christ Jesus will crack open up that firmament and he will once again enter the earth, not as Savior, but to initiate his judgment. So, beloved, my brothers and sisters in Christ, hear me today by the Spirit of the living God. We must be ready to meet our Redeemer. We should be looking up because this is ripe. This season is ripe for his return. Although we don't know the hour nor the day, he, he gave us clues. He gave us some clues that at the end of the podcast, Lord willing, we are going to be looking at the clues that will let us know whether we be that generation that sees his return or we go by the way of the grave. Either way, we will stand before Jesus to give an account for the things that are written in the books in heaven. John told us over here in Revelation 20 how he saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Amen. So whether those works be righteous or unrighteous, we will give an account. The Lord says over here in Jeremiah 17 verses 9 through 10, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruits, the fruit of his doings. Amen. And then we have Revelation 22, verse 12. Behold, I, Jesus, am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to each one according to the merit of his deeds. Earthly works, faithfulness. I am, verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. 
the beginning and the end, the eternal one. Amen. Verse 14 of Revelation 22. Blessed, happy, prosperous to be admired are those who wash their robes in the blood of Christ by believing and trusting in him, the righteous who do his commandments, so that they, so that they, they whom, the righteous who do his commandments, so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates in the city. Verse 15, outside are the dogs, the godless, the impure, those of low moral character, and the, and the sorcerers with their intoxicating drugs and magic arts, and the immoral persons, the perverted, the molesters, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying, deception, cheating. Amen. And with that bearing in mind, look at verse 17. The Holy Spirit and the bride, the church, us believers, say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes, who wishes, take and drink the water of life without cost. Amen. Verse 20. He who testifies and affirms these things says, Yes, I am, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of of the Lord Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, be with all the saints, all believers, those set apart for God. Amen. And so we see that Christ Jesus will in fact return as promised and he will give to every last single person ever born throughout history a reward of of how they lived their lives while in the body suit in the earth amen and if we if we come back up here to verse 11 because just like the holy spirit is saying today Although there is much evil going on in the world, much filth that is being portrayed as clean and wholesome, they will give an account. So there's no need to, to get our feathers ruffled.
Christ says in verse 11, where are we at? Revelation 22, let the one who does wrong still do wrong. And the one who is filthy, vile, impure still be filthy. And the one who is righteous, just, upright still be righteous. And the one who is holy still be holy. Amen. The Lord is saying continue to be righteous in spite of the filth, the impurity. What else? No matter how much vile is going on in the world, you continue to be righteous, to be just, to be upright. The one who is holy still be holy. Amen. So I see that as standing firm, enduring until the end, no matter what. No matter what is going on in the world. So we must come over to John 15. Hold on, let me just let me just pull it back up. Because we must remain abiding and in Jesus, and his message must continue to abide in us. So let's just read out the whole chapter. Again, this is the analogy how Christ Jesus is the vine and his followers, those who listens to him and obeys him. They do what he says to do and not to do. Those are his followers. The title alone gives the pictorial of one who who follows intensely to the one they are following. Right, Holy Spirit. They hang on his every word. Our ears are inclined daily waiting to hear his to hear his voice and if we don't hear the voice so to speak we have his word he speaks to us also through his word we get our instructions and therefore based on those instructions that we follow our lives change it change because of whom we listen to. So if all we are listening to is the world and all of their satanic practices, what can one expect how their lives will be? What do you expect what will show up in your life? The ways of the world that are in direct opposition to God's holy standards. So, John 15, okay? Mm -hmm. 
Let's take it from the top. Jesus is saying, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he, he who, the father, the vine dresser, repeatedly prunes. Beloved, the pruning is good. It may not feel good to be cut and gutted out, but it is necessary in order for us to bear more fruits of righteousness. So if you love sleeping around, that gets cut. If you, if you still love smoking your weed and your cigarettes, well, that gets cut. If you like masturbating to the porn, you can't seem to give up. Although you've claimed the name of Jesus, well, that gets cut. All of this harlotry, sleeping around, whoremongering, lying and stealing and cutting up. All of that in this sanctification, in this pruning process gets cut. Amen. So he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. Amen. So this cutting is necessary. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have given you, the teachings which I have discussed with you. Now, beloved, although he is talking to his disciples, then this he is talking to us today. Verse 4, remain in me. Listen, this is I. This is a direct instruction. Remain in me and I will remain in you just as no branch. Okay. No branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine. Amen. Beloved, yesterday's podcast to the glory of God, we were talking about this branch and that how if it is broken off from the vine, broken off from the tree, it loses the necessary sap, if you will, to remain vital. So I am so glad Holy Spirit is bringing us back over here to John 15 about how we are branches and we most certainly need Jesus Christ. Yes, we need him for everlasting life. Without Jesus, there is no salvation. There is no redemption. Without Jesus, there will be no inheriting of the kingdom of God. There will be no eternal life. Jesus Christ is it. He said, 
I am the Alpha and the Omega. He is, thank you, Holy Spirit. He is the Eternal One. It's all about Jesus. He's the absolute centerpiece of our lives. Therefore, it is critical to our spiritual development and destiny that we remain in Christ Jesus. It is so not optional. No. And this is for sinners too. You must repent and come to Christ Jesus so that your sins may be washed and blotted out. Without Christ Jesus, we, all of us, are going straight to a burning hell as we await final judgment. I can't, I can't say it enough on the podcast. This is so not a game. Ain't nobody playing with us. You playing. You playing to think that you can stay in your willful, blatant, disobedient sin and still make it to heaven somehow, some way. No. We are living in great deception if we believe that. (coughs) Amen. So, getting back to over here, verse 4. Jesus said, remain in me and I will remain in you just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. Amen. So if we, okay, because this is the litmus test. If we are not bearing fruits of righteousness, we can surmise that we have broken off from the vine. Mm -hmm. Because he's telling us, Christ is telling us. He says, just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine. Well, we know grapes just sitting on the ground in the dirt that has fallen off from the vine, eventually that grape is going to wither and turn into a raisin. Mm -hmm. So without being attached to the vine, it will not grow even more fruit. So he says, likewise, neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. So apart from Jesus, we will not be producing fruit, evidence of our faith. Some Something happened. Why have you broken yourself off from the vine? Mm-hmm. Sin. That's what happened. 
ain't no need in trying to sugarcoat and trying to figure out, well, you know what? I just, you know, the the folks down at the church, they just so so self-righteous and hypocritical. You know what? I just, I, I ain't dealing with the church anymore. And so, okay, what does that have to do with Jesus? Because the people at the church, the pastor and, and Miss Church Lady did not die, shed blood and save your soul. So why you got to leave Jesus? Well, no, because you know what? Church, we ain't supposed to be worshiping church no ways. Okay? We are supposed to remain stuck, firm in place to Jesus Christ. I personally know of someone who who said they were, quote unquote, a Christian, but because of all the hypocrisy and I guess all the false teachings going on at their church, they they gave up on Christianity. They off doing their own thing, new age, all of this black movement and getting back to the motherland and, and all of this, this, this African power. Basically what they've got into is witchcraft. So people claim they are not Christians because of what's going on with these apostate churches. On one hand, I don't blame them. Leave the church, but don't leave Jesus. He says in verse five, I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit for otherwise apart from me, that is cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Amen. He's telling us again. He's making himself absolutely clear that without him, we can do nothing. No, absolutely nothing. Listen, verse 6 if anyone does not remain in me, because he's about to tell us the consequence of us not remaining in him. He is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies. And they, them reapers, beloved, okay, they gather such branches and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Mm-hmm. He's talking about this lake of fire over here. He ain't talking about some, some wood-burning bonfire out there in the backyard. No, he's talking about this lake of fire over here in Revelation 20, 15. That if your name has not been found written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone. John says this is the second death. This is eternal separation from the Father and the Son. 
This is all about what 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9 was talking about in verse 9, namely, who shall be punished? Who, who? The one who obeyed not the gospel. They rejected the gospel. They did not respond to the gospel. They gave no heed to anything about Jesus dying on their behalf and, 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 rising from the grave three days later they just said no Mm -mm. and they they don't know god so them are the ones who shall be punished with everlasting destruction beloved i don't know about you but this is not rocket science it don't take a genius to put the pieces of the puzzle together that Jesus is the key to not go here. This lake of fire. Yeah. So he says in verse seven, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you amen he's also talking about answered prayers so if we are not in christ jesus and if we attempt to pray those prayers are not going to be answered and it is just mind-boggling that those who reject Jesus always talking about praying. Oh, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. No, it, it won't get answered. Yes, they will. God always answers my prayer. Really? You still up in that adulterous remarriage? You still living with your living lover? You over here can't seem to turn off the porn and stop sleeping around. But all of you say that Jesus answers your prayers. Well, I can assure you that's not Christ. I don't know who's answering those quote unquote prayers. But Jesus is saying here that if we remain in him and his words remain in us, that is if we are vitally united and his message lives in our hearts, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Amen. So that's the key. Our prayers are answered. I am a witness. Our prayers are are answered because we remain in Jesus and his words remain in us. He said, acts, whatever you wish. Now, let's not get crazy, okay? It must be the Father's will, okay? We can't ask <laughs> for someone else's husband. Well, I follow Jesus. His message remains in me. He said, if I ask whatever I want, I can have. Let's not get crazy, beloved. Calm down. Okay. So where are we at? Verse eight. My father 
is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples. Boom. So, if we are not bearing fruits of righteousness and all we are bearing are fruits of unrighteousness, we are not in Christ. We are not born again. We are not born of God. If your life, John can't say it enough over there in 1 John 3, okay? The one who is truly born again cannot live a life. They cannot go on sinning. Their, their lives will not be characterized by habitual, blatant, deliberate, knowing sin. Why? Because they are all born again and God's righteous character, his seed, his Holy Spirit lives in that person. And therefore, they cannot go on sinning. Does that mean we will never slip up and get ourselves in trouble with the Father? Nope. It's still bad and we should put all sin away. But if we do miss the mark, let it be far and few in between, beloved. Okay. We have an advocate in heaven, Christ Jesus. 1 John 1, 9 promises that if we sin, confess it, go to the Father, repent, and, and he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, purge us, wash us in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But, beloved, at no time do we take that act of gracious forgiveness as a license to keep on sinning. Paul says, listen, we are the very ones who died to sin. How can we then live in it any longer? Do we take his grace as a license to sin? Paul was saying, absolutely not. Study Romans 6. What is that? Chapter 1? No, no, not chapter 1. Romans 6, 1. Matter of fact, okay? Don't have me drag y'all over there. But study Romans chapter 6. Mm-hmm. So back over here <clears throat> to John 15, verse 9 and 10. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. Verse 10. I'm going to leave us with verse 10. You all in your downtime, study time with the Lord, continue to read out the rest of the chapter. Okay. Otherwise, this would be a three-hour podcast, and I know y'all ain't got time for that. <laughs> okay. So listen, verse 9. 
Mm-hmm. I have loved you just as the just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. Amen. I'm going to leave us with verse 11. I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. Amen. So if we hone in on verse 10, Jesus says, if you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. Amen. So let's let's talk about this love for a moment here. Okay, because this is about abiding in Jesus love. So what is the meaning of love in this verse we just read, John 15, 10. What is the Greek word for love? Well, while Jesus' statement, abide in my love or remain in my love, was a command given directly to his 12 disciples, it also applies to every believer. Christ Jesus repeats the phrase twice. The first time he says, abide in my love is in John 15 verse 9. The second time is in the next verse, verse 10. Since he says it twice, beloved, we got to know what the meanings of the Greek words for abide and love are okay we have we have some translations that say remain in my love or abide in my love which is actually the same word john 15 verses 9 and 10 contains a command and a promise In verses 9 and 10, we are commanded to abide or remain in Jesus' love. The promise in these verses is, if you keep my commandments, you will abide or remain in my love. Amen. The first step to understanding both the command and the promise is to understand the meaning of the key words of abide and love. The Greek word for abide is meno. M-E-N-O. Meno. It occurs two times in these two verses. The word meno means to remain or to stay. It is the simple idea 
of remaining in a place. The Greek word for love in both of these verses is agapio and agape. Agapio is spelled A-G-A-P-A-O. And agape is spelled A-G-A-P-E. Agapio is the verb form of the noun agape. Both words refer to the highest form of love. This love is selfless. Agape does not refer to a friendship love, a brother-sister love, a parental love, an emotional love, or a sexual love. The Greek word for friendship love is philio, P-H-I-L-E-O, philio. And the Greek word for sexual love is eros, E-R-O-S, eros. There are at least 12 different Greek words that have the sense of love. Therefore, Jesus commands believers to remain in his agape love, his selfless love. Amen. So, what does Jesus mean by this command? Abide in my love. Because first, we must understand the spiritual significance that Jesus gave the simple word abide. Verses 5 and 6 help us to understand the spiritual significance. So let us read again verses 5 and 6. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they gather and they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Amen. Beloved, in verse 5, Christ Jesus tells us that one who abides in him will, will produce much fruit. He frequently used the concept of fruit to refer to spiritual growth and the works of believers. That is, believers produce fruit but unbelievers do not produce fruit. Amen. Because notice that in verse 6, Jesus said that if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away and is cast into the fire and are burned. Since unbelievers will be thrown into the lake of fire, we can conclude that those who are not abiding in Christ are unbelievers. Amen. And this applies to the ones 
who are deceived to even think they are abiding in Christ, but they, but their lives are anything but righteous. Okay. Now notice that when Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. He was referring to the fact that only by Holy Spirit can a person produce fruit. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit in the life of a believer and helps believers have victory over sin. Amen. Therefore, verses 5 and 6 reveal that only believers abide in Christ. Unbelievers do not. Mm-hmm. And that's why we must understand what John was talking about over there in 1 John 3, 9 to 10, 11. Actually, take it from verse 4, okay? Because he goes into clear details who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. And was it yesterday's podcast or the one before that? A lot of people believe that they are on the fast track to heaven only making a confession for Christ, but they have never turned away from sin. They are in practicing sin. They they glorify in their sin. They they promote and show off their sin. All you got to do is look at some of these social media pages up there with their adulterous spouse, doing all kinds of sexual poses and being every bit of a harlot, just in modest apparel. And these are the one claiming Jesus as Lord and Savior. He is not your Lord. Not when we live like that, he is not Lord. Being Lord means, thank you, Holy Spirit. He has all the say and the final say in your life. Yeah, that's what it means to be Lord. You own, and in this case, he owns that body, just like a landlord owns the property. And he has a right to say who comes, who goes, how much the rent is, how much taxes, how much the water bill, when to take out the garbage, when to bring the cans back. He's the one that put up all the signs, what you can do, what you can't do. Why? He's the landlord, right, Holy Spirit? And some people claiming Christ show more respect and honor and 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 homage to their landlord rather than Christ they they respect the property manager more than Christ they do everything according to their lease because they don't want to get kicked out and become homeless but you don't listen to what Christ got to say who has final authority about whether or not you will be thrown into the lake 
of fire for all of eternity, but you are more scared of the landlord rather than Christ. Something's wrong, beloved. Something's wrong. So getting back to the lesson. John 15 verse 8 summarizes verses 5 and 7. John 15 8. My father is glorified by this. This what? Us bearing much fruit, right? My father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Amen. That's another indicator if, in fact, you are Christ's disciple. Are you bearing fruits of righteousness? I'm I'm not talking about sinless perfection. Are you daily striving to enter through the narrow door? Are you on purpose not making provision for the flesh? To sin against our God. Yes, that's 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 some of the things that we must earnestly take a look at. Amen. I want to make this. I want to make this other point, and then I want to take us over to some scriptures that tells us, as followers of Jesus Christ, what we ought not. To be doing. Okay. In 1 John 2. Verses 3 to 6. The Apostle John. Also tells us. That those who know him. Those who are believers. Keep the father's commandments. Beloved. Obedience reveals. That we love him. It says over here in 1 John 2, verses 3 to 6, By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. Okay, that's the liar because people love to point to 1 John 1, 8. The first time he's that he he's talking about someone being a liar. It is not the ones who are actually living a godly upright life. Now, our lives are not characterized by sin, meaning we don't make it a habit nor a practice to willfully disobey Jesus Christ in his face, like on purpose blatantly no we don't and when we miss the mark which is again bad in it of itself when we when we miss God when we when we break his holy glorious standard we repent immediately confess it Go to Christ Jesus, get the blood bath we need, and going forward, sin no more. Okay? We we feel horrible behind sinning. Now that we are truly born again, 
sin doesn't have that same appeal. And when a lustful thought comes up, because it does, come on, real is real. When a lustful thought tries to tempt you into doing something, you know full well this goes against everything the Word of God has to say about living holy. We shut it down. Why? Because we love the Father and we fear Him. Yes, real is real. You should fear God because Jesus told us, because he has the power to throw both body and soul in hell. So yes, he is to be greatly feared. It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of our God because he gets angry with the wicked every day. So let us not get this twisted. We should never become so familiar, if you will, with the father that we just take him as a joke. No, beloved, revere him and stand in great fear and awe. Yes, yes, and amen. So now we understand that those who abide in Christ are believers. And when we are obedient, we experience the agape of God, the selfless love of our God. Unbelievers are not favored by God. I hate to break it to you. That's why we implore you to repent. Christ Jesus died for your sins. Without Christ Jesus, there will be no eternal life. There will be no kingdom of God for the unbeliever. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. That's it. Not through Buddha, not through Muhammad, not through the Catholic Roman pagan church, not through, who else, Scientology, New Age, Jehovah Witnesses, Baptists, Pentecostal, all of those ungodly denominations. Only through the real Jesus Christ who went to the cross to die for the sins of the world. He was buried. He died. Three days later, God the Father rose Christ Jesus from the dead. He is alive today, sitting at his right hand, interceding for us. Yes, that Jesus, the same who said, Unless you repent, you too shall all likewise perish. Amen. All sinners can still get it. And if we keep playing as believers with our salvation by dibbling and dabbling in sin, thinking we are good to go because God just loves us so much, we are greatly deceived, and we will be in for a world of hurt, beloved. So, let us take a look at 
some of these scriptures because listen, as we approach the end times, we are living in the last hour of the last days and we must be ready to meet our risen king in his glory and power. He told us to let no one deceive us. We must be aware of wolves wolves in sheep's clothing. We must be aware of false brethren. We must be aware that many will and have apostatized from the living Christ. They have abandoned the faith and went back to Egypt and the vomit of their past wicked lives lives that were apart from Holy Spirit. We must be aware that we have an enemy, Satan, who prowls around as a roaring lion, seeking to whom he may devour. Beloved, we must never forget that we live in an evil, wicked generation where Evil is celebrated and holiness and the gospel is shunned, mocked, criticized, and rejected. We live in a time where being a follower of Jesus Christ is met with persecution, opposition, and confrontation. Our flesh still wants to indulge in sinful lusts and evil behaviors that go against the word of God. In spite of all of this, beloved, let those who have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved never forget 1 Corinthians 10.21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Amen. Let us never forget Ephesians 5.11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Amen. Beloved, we have been commanded to expose sin. Yup. Let us never forget Ephesians 4.27. And give no opportunity to the devil. Amen. And then you wonder why your life is in chaos and you've claimed the name of Jesus. We've been commanded. Paul says, give no opportunity to our enemy, the devil. Let us never forget 1 Peter 5, 8. We are commanded, beloved, to be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Yeah, he's watching. Let us not forget 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Abstain from every form of evil. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I am so glad 
that we have these commandments and instructions so that on the day of judgment, beloved, we will have absolutely no excuse for the lives we've lived. None. None. Jesus said in the Gospels that his word will testify against us. It will be his word. These words and many others. I'm just giving us a a sprinkling of the many commandments that we are to shun evil and abide, remain, take up residence, be glued to the Lord Jesus Christ again of whom there is no everlasting life, only eternal destruction. So let us not forget Isaiah 520. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Amen. Whoa. That means judgment is coming on those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Yes. Judgment is heading your way. Let us not forget 1 Thessalonians 5. 21 to 22, we are told to test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Amen. Romans 13 verse 12, the night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Amen. Can't say it enough. That's why Holy Spirit told me to end the podcast. We must arise to righteousness. That means come to your senses as you ought to now and stop sinning. The day of the Lord is fastly approaching. Least we forget that. James 4, 7, this is how we deal with temptation that comes our way that that so easily besets us and beckons us to turn against our God. James said, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. So if you are not abiding in Christ Jesus, if you have not submitted yourself as a a willing recipient of God's grace, if you have not submitted yourselves to the one who bought you with his precious blood and you give heed to the devil, well, he would never flee from you. Why? I hate to give this pictorial, but it's quite disgusting. And we know sin is disgusting, so I'm right on track. That's why we sweep our floors and our kitchens, namely. We we 
sanitize the countertops. Why? We don't want roaches and rats and rodents. So if we don't clean, if we don't keep it nice and tidy, we will give heed to roaches. They have found an opportunity because you keep giving them what they want, food. But if you submit to being a clean person and tidying up and making sure you're not giving provision to the roaches, giving them what they want, food, then they will flee. To the glory of God, I have not seen a roach in my house because I I must <laughs> not only me but my 13 year old I I gotta stay on him because his room who sometimes if left unchecked is a breeding ground for insects rodents whatever he he stays leaving his room a big old party for rats ants roaches I I, I got to stay on him. Otherwise, my house will be overrun by critters I hate. So if you hate sin, you will not do anything to give our enemy a license and a door and opportunity to be in your life. That's why we're having all of these nightmares being being paralyzed in our seat sleep where you where you try to speak and move but you can't but you are fully awake and you seeing all these demon shadows folks we've have opened up the door so Ephesians 5 15 to 16 Paul says look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Titus 1.15, to the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. Yes. John 3, 19 to 20. And this is the judgment. Okay. Because everyone loves themselves. Some John 3, 16, right? How God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him will not perish. But have everlasting life. But guess what? Some people say no to Jesus. They reject him. Mm -hmm. Because that's why we must read on to verses 17, 18, 19, and 20. Because... In verse 19, Jesus said, this is the judgment. This is why people will be judged because sin can be forgiven. Listen, a mass murderer who have killed many and, and even eaten these people 
if they repent and come to Christ for real, for real, when they die, they get to go to heaven because of the mercy of God. But guess what? Some people believe they are way better than some man-eating serial killer. But that person had enough sense. They, they came to their senses and repented and received Christ as Lord and Savior. But you who works nine to five, quote unquote, upstanding citizen, upstanding citizen, according to the world standards, because of your pride, you said, no, I, I, I don't need religion. Okay, well, judgment is coming to you. And Christ is about to tell us the reason for the judgment. He said that the reason for that judgment is the light, which is him, has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed amen jesus tells us how he is the light of the world the people in the world hate him who is the light why? Because they rather have their darkness more. They love their evil, wicked, darkened ways more than the light. Because when Jesus shows up as the light, darkness must flee. And because they don't want their sins to be exposed, they hate Jesus. And therefore, they have condemned themselves. They are condemned already because they rejected the only one that could have saved them. That is why judgment is coming on them. Amen. Last but not least, we have Luke 10, 19 to 20. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, he told us what are, what are the signs of his return. We see over here in Matthew 24. Jesus tells us in verse 1. This is this is all about the signs of his return. It says Jesus left the temple area and was going on his way when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the magnificent and massive buildings of the temple. And he said to them, Do you see all these things? I assure you and most solemnly say to you, not one stone here will be left on another which will not be torn down. 
while Jesus was seated on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will this destruction of the temple take place? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end, completion, consummation of the age? Verse 4, Jesus answered, Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you and leading you into error. For many will come in my name, misusing it and appropriating the strength of the name which belongs to me, saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, and they will mislead many. You will continually hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end of the age, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, but all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains, of the intolerable anguish, and the time of unprecedented trouble. Verse 9, Then they will hand you over to endure tribulation, and will put you to death, and you will be hated, by all nations because of my name. At that time, verse 10, many will be offended and repelled by their association with me and will fall away from the one whom they should trust and will betray one another, handing over believers to their persecutors and will hate one another many false prophets will appear and mislead many because lawlessness is increased the love of most people will grow cold amen verse 13 but the one who endures and bears up under suffering to the end will be saved. This good news of the kingdom, the gospel, will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end of the age will come. Amen. And Father, if we come down to verse 25, may your people read those passages that we have that we have left out for their own study time with you. So if we come down to verse 25, Jesus says, listen carefully. I have told you in advance. So if they say to you, look, here is, no. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out there. Or look, he is in the inner rooms of a house. Do not believe it. 
For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will be the coming in glory of the Son of Man. Everyone will see him clearly. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will flock together. Amen. Verse 29, Father talks about the glorious return. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not provide its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And verse 30, at that time, the sign of the son of man coming in his glory will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth and especially Israel will mourn regretting their rebellion and rejection of the Messiah and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with great with power and great glory in brilliance and splendor, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet, and they will gather together his elect, God's chosen ones, from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Amen. So, Father, we must be ready for his coming. Because he tells us down in verse 24. I'm sorry, in verse 42. So be alert. Give strict attention. Be cautious and active in faith. For you do not know which day, whether near or far, your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the head of the house had known what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you who follow me must also be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. Amen. That is why, Father, in verse in verse 46, Jesus said, Blessed is that faithful servant when his master returns and finds him doing so. I assure you and most solemnly say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that servant is evil and says in his heart, my master is taking his time, he will not return for a long while and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. Verse 50. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour of which he is not aware, verse 51, and will cut him in two and put him with the hypocrites 
in that place, there will be weeping over sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth over distress and anger. Amen. Father, we are not clueless. We have enough information in your word that tells us that if we are not found in Christ Jesus, either when we go by the way of the grave or he returns and we are not found in him, there will be much weeping and gnashing of teeth over here in this lake of fire. Judgment day is fastly approaching. So Father, I pray that all of us, myself included, that we keep ourselves ready, that we stay out of sin, that we don't give up on our faith, that we don't grow weary in doing what is good, righteous, and holy. Let those who want to live filthy lives and don't want to repent, Jesus said, leave them alone. We are to continue to do what is good and what is righteous. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Father, I pray that we who have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ remain faithful and obedient until the end. No matter the persecution, no matter the opposition, no matter the confrontation, no matter the test, trial, or temptation. May we endure it all until the end because Christ said in verse 13 of this 24th chapter of Matthew, we have been reading that the one who endures, who overcomes that man, that woman shall be saved. Amen. Bless you, Father. Keep us from falling. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Well, there we have that. Another one in the can. I told y'all at the beginning of the podcast, right? Sticking with Christ Jesus mean life everlasting. Without him, we're lost. We are lost. Amen. Amen. Repent and believe. Stop sinning. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought to and stop sinning and turn back to God. Don't be found wanting when Jesus comes back because at the end of the day, on one hand, yes, we are thankful and grateful that he is tarrying in his coming because we, we got to make sure that we are in right standing as we go out and preach and call men to repentance. We must be ready to meet our king. Amen. Amen. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. 
Bye for now. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go. I was getting ready to say that at the end of the day, Hebrews 9.27. Beloved, we are not going to live forever. Hebrews 9.27 says, As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So, it is good that Christ is tarrying because we want to make sure we are in Christ Jesus, that we are in fact born again, having right standing with the Father. Because Hebrews 9.27 proclaims everyone is going to die one day. So, but for the fact we don't know what day that will be, all the more, we must come to Christ today. Today is the day of your salvation. And for those of us who are in Christ, stop sinning. Stay out of sin. You're not supposed to be sinning no ways. Now, y'all can go. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be talking to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.